Hi, this is Eileen Perez. You're listening to the CBH Podcast. Yes. Good morning. Monday, November 8th. Welcome. Welcome to the CBH Podcast. I don't understand. Uh, I, I'm, um, I, I have this thing. Does anybody have this thing? I, here's the thing. It really doesn't matter what's going on. Uh, it, it, when, when good stuff's going on, things to get excited about, things that you're pumped up about, I don't understand why I can't enjoy it past 20 minutes. And, and I got cool stuff, you know, <laughs> it's cool stuff happening. And I, I swear to God, I, I, um, it hits me. I, I find out some news. I find out something that's going to go on. I find out something I've been invited to or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, positive thing. I can't, um, be happy with it past 20 minutes. That's the limit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is. I think, I don't know what I think, but, uh, it, it, it is, um, it's this thing inside me that says it's not enough. And it's very strange. Uh, it's a, it's a very unsatisfied feeling and it it plagues me. It plagues me. I got cool stuff going on. <laughs> uh, stuff people would kill for. And I, and I just, I, I let it wash over me for 20 minutes and then it's gone. It is gone. And it's hard to maintain uh, a, a level of uh, excitement for it. I, I just immediately go, what's next? What's next? What's next? What else? What else? What else? Uh, it, it's, um, it has to be uh, the driving force. It has to be what, what fuels things to happen. But at the same time, it's very disheartening. It's very, I, I know very content people. I have very content people in my life. Surrounded by people who are seemingly very content. <laughs> and that could be just seemingly. That might not be the reality. But I don't even, I don't think I even come across as seemingly content. <laughs> and, um, you know, this, this week is no different. There's, there's cool stuff going on. There's exciting things. And I get pumped up about it. And then, and then immediately it's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What else? What else? What else? What is that? What is that, that monster that, just refuses to be sated like he it it's um you know you just enjoy it for a minute and it's gone and i have to go what else and um that's probably not healthy it's probably what's driving me it's probably my drive um it's probably how i have whatever it is that i have but it, it's also um it's too bad you think you think good stuff's going to happen, and then you're going to sleep well, and that is just not the case for me. Uh, I, I am, I am plagued by it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough, and and um, that has gone on forever. And I keep waiting for a moment where you go, now it's enough. And I don't. I really don't think it's coming. I think I'm going to leave this world completely unsatisfied. <laughs> 
uh, you know, I know I, you know, if somebody else was saying this to me, I would say, well, this is, this is how your success has happened. This is how you have whatever it is, the, the grand scale of life, whatever, whatever thing it is, it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, you know, movie star or, uh, or, a or a billionaire or an opera singer it could be whatever, whatever stage of life you're in. Um, contentment, contentment is fucking fleeting. Um, I just go, what else? What else? What else? Man, it's um, uh, it it probably it it's probably partially um narcissism. It's probably uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I'm not sure what I could, what I could have or be told or receive that would then and then I would say I'm content uh, because it just doesn't seem to happen. And uh, in you know, in a way, it's a curse. Uh, it's funny, and I'm not applying this to any one specific thing. It's just like, you know, um, there's there's been some great news race recently. There's been some some um, important things, you know, for me, for you know, not important to most people, but important to me. Things that should bring me uh, an element of satisfaction longer than 20 minutes, but that seems to be about the limit. And I and I immediately forget about it. And I go, what else? What else? What else? Uh, it's um, it's not it's not troubling. It's like I've known this. I've known this about me, but I keep waiting for the thing that's going to make me go. Now it's enough, and uh, that may just never come. This is <laughs> this may be a reality of everybody's life, is that it may just not ever come. Uh, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be happy in 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 the moment and um, bigger, better, faster, constantly. This this cycle of bigger, better, faster. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I th- I think it I think it can create some cool stuff, but um, it doesn't necessarily bring you contentment. Let that be a lesson to the young singers. <laughs> Enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the trip. I think that's what it is because I really don't think the destination is what it's about. I think it's I think it's the the journey to the destination that's that brings me the most uh, enjoyment uh, because the the. The, the tent poles and the and the and the stakes in the ground that you that you lean on or say you know I have this and I have this and I have this and I have this uh, don't necessarily make you think well that's enough I am happy with that uh, that's um, uh, something that's just you know it just sticks with me I don't I don't know why I I feel like I should I should fall asleep content and wake up happy and, and neither of those things happen Uh, we had our opening on Saturday. Yes, Saturday we had our opening uh, in Washington. It was amazing. The crowd was humongous. Uh, I think it was, if it wasn't completely sold, it was very nearly completely sold. And I forgot, you know, I haven't, it, it, it's been a while since I've been on stage with the orchestra. Uh, you know, this is an opera house, and so we're effectively standing on the raised pit. Uh, and so that first row of seats... I mean, the people's heads are at your feet. If you're at the lip of the stage, these people are at your feet, and um, we can see you and feel you and hear you. <laughs> and there's a there's a responsibility to the people in the front row that I'm not sure they know they have. Um, we can see you. You're closer to me than than the maestro. Uh, you're definitely closer to me than the maestro when when we're. Um, uh, you know, in the regular setting, you know, the maestro's 20 feet away and then the crowd begins and you can sort of see faces in the first two or three rows. But 
when you are at my feet, damn it, I've got full view of your enjoyment or sleepiness or comments. <laughs> it's sort of a running um, a running commentary as the show goes. You know, I, I enter this show in what has turned out to be a, a show-stealing uh, uh, suit. This red suit I'm, I'm wearing has, has gotten all the attention. And, um, you know, so when I walk out, there's... there. There's a reaction, an audible reaction to the way I look, um, and and it, it, you know it seems positive, but at the same time, I heard some chuckles. <laughs> you know, like oh, here we go. Here's the base. He's going to be the devil, and and he's got to wear red. It, it's that it's that kind of chuckle, which is fine. But it, it in the moment, you go, you want to say, I, I can hear you. <laughs> I think we have certain responsibilities as uh, audience members, and um, uh, yeah, just you know, fair warning for you, for you in the first uh, ten rows, especially in the concert setting. We've got you. We can see you. We can hear you. We can feel you. We can see you when you move or pick your nose or yawn. <laughs> you know, a lot, I know a lot of performers deal with these close audiences. It's not something I'm. Uh, uh, immune to, but I don't, I, we don't do it often where the audience is right there and I don't do a lot of concerts. I'm an, I'm an opera singer. And so my concert work is, you know, two or two things a year, maybe two or three things a year. And so, um, you know, more, more often than not, the audience is quite a bit away from me and it's a big place. And so it's just sort of an overall general feeling as opposed to a, a singular person. But you know, in this, in this gala setting where we're right at the lip of the stage, uh, and the audience is right there. Uh, it's it's um it's a funny thing that I I wasn't quite prepared for, you know, because in the rehearsal process everybody they go out twenty rows, they sit at desks way out in the dark, so they they want to get a sense of the show from a distance, and nobody nobody sits in that front row. Um, so that was something to uh, uh, be reminded of and go right, oh right, you're right on top of me. But I I I was very happy with the performance. I was happy with the show. The audience went crazy for it. They were hungry for it, and and uh, everything from the after party, uh, you know, that I gathered was that it was. Uh, they were just so excited to be back in their place, and this this was a lot of friendly faces, a lot of uh, patrons, longtime supporters of of the Opera House and the Kennedy Center as a whole, and so they were they were thrilled to have their company back, and. Um, uh, I think the evening was really very, very high. The level of it was very high. And there's something that happens in a gala setting, which I love. And I'm not sure the audience is uh, uh, aware of it. But um, it, it, trying to outdo each other is the wrong way to put it. But it's kind of this, that you know, you're know you standing in the wing while your colleague is out there doing something. And if you're following Larry Brownlee, you have a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, Larry comes out and, and he is, he's truly the goat. I mean, Larry is the goat and, and we, we haven't heard, I don't think the world has a, a, a better tenor in this, in this genre than Larry Brownlee. And so if you're going to follow Larry, you have your work cut out for you. You, you've got to do something. And so in a way, I personally relax if I'm following a great performance uh, I relax more because I have work to do. Uh, it's it's like okay, we're in a hole, got to dig out of this hole. You know, it's like following Michael Jordan or following um, 
you know, I don't know. It, it would be if I was a comedian, it would be like coming out after Jerry Seinfeld or something. You know, somebody who just ruins the room, just slays. And <laughs> then you walk out. Thank God I have my red suit in these moments because following uh, some of my colleagues is brutal. <laughs> you know, they're getting applause for their performance, but they're also getting applause for their composer. And, you know, the tenors and the sopranos just have just have more interesting stuff. That's that's all there is to it. And, and um, uh, so, you, you know, in a way you have your work cut out for you. And so what happens in this in this gala setting, especially in a gala setting, is that everybody keeps stepping up. There's there's um there's a progression that happens, and it starts with whoever starts the show. That's the that's the tone, right? We've we've established the tone. Of course, you know it's it's a couple of barn burners in this show, and so uh, from that point forward, everybody's trying to do a little bit extra, just a little bit. Your game is raised in these moments. And so by the end of the show, uh, it's fireworks. It truly is fireworks. And, and I felt it, and the audience definitely felt it. And, and I think I think when your colleagues are as, as amazing as, as this group, um, um, the, the, the bar is very high to begin with, and then we just keep trying to go more, 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 more. And uh, I think that's... I love that. I love being around great people. I love being around the absolute best because your your game is raised. It's like singing with Sandra Radvanovsky or singing with Jonas Kaufman or you know like singing singing with somebody that comes in and just ruins the room, just kills it. And and uh, your job from there is to is to uh, uh, do your very best to maintain that level. If not, try at least to your abilities. Try to to absolutely do your 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 best possible, uh, and that makes for an exciting evening. And I and I definitely felt that that was very true opening night. And and I look forward to uh, tonight, our second show, to to uh, to do that again. My red suit, star of the show, by far the star of the show, <laughs> which is good. I'm I'm uh, determined to keep it. <laughs> I've asked all the bosses, and they've all cleared it, but I, I need to get past a costumer <laughs> who might not be having it. <laughs> oh, I made—I think I made a mistake. I think I, I think I went too high on the totem pole to to uh, to secure this uh, this suit going home with me, and I, I should have probably gone through the proper channels, you know, starting with my with my dresser and working the way up. But I I went for, <laughs> I went for gold. I went right to the boss and uh, requested, and um, but <laughs> that was probably ultimately a mistake because they can say yes, of course, but if you actually want it done, you're gonna have to go through the through the proper channels. And and you know it's it's funny, you know this was like a design suit for me. This is not going to fit somebody else very nicely, uh, and I can't imagine where this suit comes into play for anyone else. You know after after this, like you know it, it, if it doesn't go home with me. I guarantee I would bet the farm that the suit goes in a storage bag in a storage facility forever. It would never see the light of day again. Uh, that's the, most costumes never see the light of day again. You know, if it's a it's a if it's a production and and it was very successful or another opera house has it, you know, then the costume is going to go be somewhere else and they're going to fit it to somebody else. Or if they're not if they're not my size, they're going to have to make a new one or parts of it will have to be made new. But this red suit has got 
no purpose past me. It's it's built for somebody 6'5 and 250 pounds and a gala concert. I mean, it is shiny, shiny red. This thing is on fire. And um, and I don't, I can't imagine anybody else putting this thing on after me. It's not, you would have to, you would have to make adjustments, which surely can be done. But when it's custom made, they don't, I don't think they leave a lot of material room inside to make make the pants bigger or or take the jacket in without the lines of the thing coming you know coming undone. I think uh, when it's custom like this, it's probably it's probably uh, one and done. And like I said, I really do think that if that if I don't get it, <laughs> and I'm hopeful that I will, but if I don't get it, I think it just goes into storage for eternity, and that's that's too bad. Uh, I believe somebody asked me, "Well, where would you wear this?" And they said it like that, and. <laughs> <laughs> I was insulted and I'm sure the designer was insulted and I thought of a dozen places that I could that I could wear this thing and it I mean it screams look at me of course but um look this is what we do this is our business and um uh, you know I've I've been in plenty of rooms plenty of after parties plenty of after parties where where a female singer rolls in in some designer gown and the designer is is you know right on their tail holding the holding the train practically to make sure everybody knows who made it uh and and um you know that's the picture that makes it into the paper and so why can't a man do it why not fuck it how often do i get the to to have a custom made shiny red suit you know i would i would wear this thing as many times as i could i would keep bringing it out <laughs> i would overdo it i'd big people annoyed by it <laughs> If there's one thing about that after party here in D.C., and I'm just learning about this, you know, in New York, uh, you know, you go to the after party, and there there are very powerful people there. But there's something different about D.C. Uh, the patrons and the long the long term uh, financers and and backers and and um, philanthropists that that help help us do what we do. It's a whole different breed in Washington D.C. It is it is the the power elite. Um, I'm fairly certain I met two billionaires the other night. Uh, one guy in particular who was who was a long-standing uh, philanthropist. I mean, just uh, when I when I read about the guy, just the sheer amount of money that he has given away is. I mean, there's a special special place in heaven for a guy like this, just supporting all the right things, in my humble opinion. But I read in his bio that he had turned down. The opportunity to be a twenty percent investor in Amazon, and he turned it down <laughs> because he didn't see it as something that was going to go uh, the way it went. <laughs> Can you imagine being a twenty percent shareholder of Amazon? You would be effectively the owner of the company at this point. Um, you know, if not the richest man in the world. Now, this guy did great. I mean, you know, don't don't get me wrong. This guy has has nothing nothing to apologize for, but. What a thing to have passed on. I mean, that that's just in your bio forever. And and on top of that, he didn't take a meeting with Mark uh, Zuckerberg of Facebook when Zuckerberg was in uh, Harvard. He was looking for angel investors to get Facebook going, and he asked for a meeting with this guy, and, and uh, the guy didn't take the meeting. And <laughs> Look, the guy is the the like I said, he's one of the he's one of the richest men in the world. He did good, he did great. But when I see somebody giving away money like he does, and I see a man supporting hospitals and 
universities and arts organizations and the preservation of, of, of American culture and, and history, frankly, um, I go, oh, I wish he had all the money. You know, a guy like this, if he had all the money, think, think of the good he would have done. I'm, I'm not a big believer in uh, taxing the hell out of these guys when they give away money like this. Uh, I don't think the government is good at um, uh, finding finding money to the kinds of things that these that that this man in particular uh, is able to support. I mean, he's he's given it's nothing for him to give twenty five, fifty, hundred million dollars to cancer research at this university and that university. And I mean, the, I, by the time that money would get filtered through the U.S. government, it would be forty percent of what it was. And so for this guy to just write these gigantic checks, I think this man should never pay taxes his whole life through. Look at the way he is giving money to the world. Um, I'm, um, I'm, I'm way more impressed by that. And, uh, I, you know, when, when I read that he passed on Amazon and Facebook, I go, oh, my God. Think of what this man would have done or could have done uh, had he had, you know, all of that. I mean, I, I can't even imagine one guy owning 20% of of Amazon and then whatever percentage he was offered in, in, uh, uh, Facebook. I mean, shit, he could have been, he could have been the whole kit and caboodle for, for Facebook at the time. You know, Zuckerberg was probably going to release, you know, anybody who, who was waving money around back then was going to be a, a, a gigantic shareholder. Money, money, money. Who cares? You know, I do. <laughs> um, there's more talk of me riding a horse into the Kennedy center honors. Uh, <laughs> this has been said again. I have voiced my uh, anxiety about it. Um, a, I have been on a horse once in my life. I did not enjoy it. I'm a large man. Uh, making an entrance on a horse sounds fantastic. It sounds awesome. It sounds like a like a uh, the type of entrance you dream about. But a live horse on a stage. <laughs> You know, downstage center, and then I got to get off this thing. Assuming I don't fall into the pit, I got to get off this thing. Like, what are the chances I don't split my pants? <laughs> Can I look cool on a horse? I'm not 25. I'm 43, and uh, uh, you know, I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm in good shape, but still, <laughs> I wasn't brought up in Montana or Texas. You know, like weren't a, there weren't a lot of horses on Long Island, at least none that none that I had access to. So I'm. <laughs> I come out and I'm just shaking and then I split my pants on national television in front of the president of the United States. And then, uh, you know, that's it. <laughs> Curtains. <laughs> I love you for listening. Uh, this is the Monday show. I got my second performance tonight, uh, uh, at the Kennedy center. We're looking forward to it more up close with the uh, audience, which is, um, you know, proving to be, uh, an interesting experience. Everybody, have a great week. Have a great week and try to hang on to it. I'm going to try and hang on to the good shit, too. I'm working on it. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
Yeah.